Welcome to Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community. Hey everyone, I'm your host, Robbie Struzinski, and thanks so much for joining us on episode number 79 of Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town. On today's podcast, we have the pleasure of getting to know one of the most energetic and enthusiastic people I've ever encountered in the poker industry. Best known as the founder of the Malta Poker Festival, this woman has had a lengthy and distinguished career putting on live events that have just lit up the European poker scene. On today's show, we'll gain some insight as to what it takes to plan these fantastic live poker events, as well as the special kind of person it takes to do all of that planning. Yvonne Montealegre, welcome to the Cards Chat podcast. Hello, Cards Chat and Robbie. Um, thanks for having me. I'm very excited. Good to see you again. It's been a while and uh, I'm excited. You know, we've we've spoken a bit. We've known each other for a few years, but I get a chance to also know you a little bit deeper right now. And I'm excited to sort of introduce you to the Cards Chat community. Uh, there is a lot of ground to cover. Um, so, you know, like, like, let's talk about your background. Um, I know you're from Costa Rica, but you live in Malta. And you're best known in the poker industry, as we said, for running the Malta Poker Festival. That background, that story, that doesn't exactly happen unless someone has a very deep love and an affection uh, for the game. So how and where and when did poker first come into your life? Um, the, I was uh, coming from my university degree. Uh, I'm a psychologist, actually. And... Um, I just, uh, the game found me, I would say. And um, as a psychologist uh, in my country, in Costa Rica, uh, it was not a lifestyle I was enjoying. So my mom uh, told me that she knew this big company, sportsbook.com, and that they needed someone like her, but she doesn't speak English. So she told him, well, my daughter just came from Spain. Why don't you hire her? And I told her, mom, what are you talking about gaming? Come on. Uh, but I got in and um, I discovered how you can make an impact in everything you do. I mean, at those times in Costa Rica, it was the wild west of sports book and affiliation. There was so money around. And I personally saw these companies doing great things. They were painting schools. We had a charity project in sportsbook.com that was just incredible. Uh, painting schools, building parks, soccer fields. So you can make a difference wherever you are, um, even in the most capitalistic environment, like it, it is uh, playing a card game for money. Fantastic. So, so why poker as opposed to the other uh, you know, casino games that are out there? Oh, well, poker, that's that's it. The, the thing is that I, I am a firm believer in the game and how it's a skill game uh -huh. and what it takes uh, to develop the game and the amount of studying the poker pros do, do and uh, the amount of commitment towards the game. It really takes a lifetime to master this game for sure. So there's I, I am a firm believer that it differentiates itself from the other games because it's really a skill game like chess or backgammon. Um, so I'm a strong lobbyist to let everyone play at home. I mean, during the pandemic, if it wasn't for online poker, I mean, it really helped me cope 
with with loneliness, with being apart from my family, with being quarantined, not one, but two, but three times because of the kids and uh, crazy rules, you know? Yeah. So um, I believe that in the right of everyone to be able to to play uh, for money. Uh, And um, yeah, I mean, with limits, responsible gaming, of course, but uh, poker is beautiful and it's a great pastime and a great career as well. I admire a lot of of the poker pros. I I have been always in love with the lifestyle, the poker travel. And so, yeah, that that's pretty much I I love the game in order to deploy these tournaments and do what we do in the industry. You you really have to love it. Yeah, I I agree. We've been we've been hit this pandemic for live poker. Live poker and casinos have been hit the worst. Yeah, Uh, really. Uh, I can theaters too, mm-hmm. uh, the arts and and live poker especially, uh, because some of the rules don't apply and you don't have in the governments this particular niche lobbied institution that will understand what the poker game is all about. So, uh, so having to play in a casino five handed makes no sense financially yeah so it's been it's been a huge financial hit for casinos and poker rooms all across the globe so i'm very happy that we're coming back what you know it's Um, funny it's i know you didn't see all my list of questions but you touched on quite a few things that we're definitely going to be talking about about governments about the pandemic um, it's, it's, it's great. And that's, it's like, we're like-minded and definitely going to be talking about the same things, but I, I want to just take one step back there though. You know, you said, yeah. you know, you were in Spain. I, I know you, you attended, uh, Universitat Autonoma de Barcelona. I hope I got that right. That's okay. right. That's right. I, I made a postgraduate degree there in right. clinical psychology. Okay. So, so I'm just wondering, which like is said, very difficult. Right. And like, you know, gaming sort of swept you away and you've told that story. But when you were sort of growing up in Costa Rica and you decided, you know, let, let's let's explore, let's go to Barcelona, let's go to Spain. You thought you were going to be like a, a practicing clinical psychologist originally? Exactly. If you wow. would have asked me, my my goal was the high heel Woody Allen psychoanalyst. <laughs> that was my my absolute in a in a very also positive self discovery journey uh-huh. and I when I look at those dreams of who you want to be and like those memes that say who you are how people see you who you right. want to be it's uh, it's very funny how mm. poker and in my 22 years in poker I've, I've tried you know I've, I've tried to segue or do other stuff but poker keeps calling me I am a firm believer um and I have a poker call. It's 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 a strange thing, uh, and I find a lot of joy in what I do. And there's very deep layers into what I do and the people I meet. And right now, I'm excited that with the festival, I can provide some joy to to the players. You know. Yeah, and when I, I hear that that people are coming, and especially if they come with their families and stuff, oh, I'm so excited. I went cool. and I, I've attended that festival and I can confirm, you know, it's a, a pretty awesome time in a pretty awesome place. Um, and, and I want to ask you, actually, you know, you, you talk about your beginnings in Costa, Costa Rica. 
you go to for a postgraduate degree to Spain. How did you end up in Malta? When did that happen and why did you decide to go, to go there? Well, in Costa Rica, I was already doing tournaments. Okay. Uh, I created Punta Cana Poker Classic oh. in Dominican Republic, which was great. It was still running until three years ago. Yeah. And uh, pretty, pretty great tournament. I've done tournaments in Vegas. I've done tournaments in Costa Rica. Uh, yeah. And so I was doing tournaments and um, I went to the people of poker listings because Costa Rica was getting too wild west. <laughs> for poker I, I have a lot of stories but one of my stories is that we made a satellite a live satellite in an event in a mountain in San Jose Costa Rica and I had to come down with my car and a bag full of money like so I'm like <laughs> this is starting to be too bandido for me even for me you know uh, I, I am not liking the twist this is taking um, so I found that in Europe you get awards for gaming. You can be a top gaming marketer. Uh, Black Friday had just hit, so things were getting complicated. So I thought, yeah, I want to live in Europe. And, and uh, I went to uh, my friends at Poker Listings and told them about this idea I had and a tournament I created for them. And it went really well. It was sold, uh, but I remained in the casino and the venue that I loved. That's the thing. I'm a loyal dog. Uh, I love Puerto Maso Casino and I love working with them and I love the location and I just want to do tournaments there. Yeah, I, I want to bring this location to the people. The Hilton Hotel is so beautiful. And so I know that I cannot recommend something that I don't like. That's not in my DNA at all. I have to believe in things, to recommend them, to be passionate about it, to enjoy work, because this is a lot of hard work coming from a two-year pandemic. We're understaffed, under-budgeted. It's very um, hard climate right now to, yeah. to host this tournament event. So I need to go to my Excel sheets and really tighten those numbers and, and you know, do, do a lot of arrangements and... and just uh, go with the flow like that. So I think that it's a very challenging time. But still, mm -hmm. the rewards of giving, when I finish an event and somebody, there would be this Norwegian girl, I, I am in the gym in Hilton and this Norwegian game girl co comes and she says, I just needed to talk to you for one minute. I'm sorry because my plane is leaving. I'm going back home. But I had the best time of my life. Thank you so much. My boyfriend proposed. There's all sorts of those stories that make my life beautiful. And through this job, I've cultivated friendships, including with you. That yes, indeed. That's a lifetime. I love that about the poker community. If you see, I think that we have been during the pandemic amazing, an amazing community where you can talk I know you guys at Cards Chat have a super nice forum with positive people and a positive approach, and that's very valuable. And we are learning from this pandemic and the war and everything that, what do we do with money? We can't go out and we can't, it's, it's friendships. It's right. the human aspect of things that right. is so valuable. And, so and I'm, the, I'm pretty focused on that. Yeah, and, and the experiences, and I know that, you know, lots of folks, you know, maybe in the card chat forums, they think, okay, when someone closes their eyes and thinks poker in Europe, 
it's not always a given that, you know, Malta comes to mind. So I'm curious, maybe you can tell us, you know, you've been there for quite a while, many years. What is so so special about this little island country in the middle of the Mediterranean that makes it such a great poker destination? First of all, the question I get asked all the time is like, you're Costa Rican and you live in Malta? Right. (laughs) Because Costa Rica is a beautiful country. Absolutely. But Malta is very special. Malta, uh, I'm in love with this island. Uh, I think it's uh, safe, beautiful. You got the Mediterranean, you got the food. It's so close to Sicily as well and Italy. It's a very beautiful spot in the in the world. However, keep in mind that Malta uh, started as a tax haven in, in Europe. So all the gaming companies started moving to this warm climate, you know, instead of having their office in Stockholm, Sweden, they have their office in Malta. Uh, so all these Swedish Scandinavian uh, uh, companies moved to Malta, got their license. And as well, the Maltese government was savvy enough to put in place a strong gubernamental entity like Malta Gaming Authority, where you get a license from, and the license is very well monitored and so all of these uh, ingredients concocted Malta as a home for hundreds of gaming companies uh, cool. from all over the world here. So when there are gaming companies, there are poker players. Absolutely. So, <laughs> so the liquidity for events is there, for poker events is here on the island. I would say that... Uh, for any of my events, I can count on 300 entries from Malta Fantastic. any given day. Wow. And that's solid. That's solid. Absolutely. But I know everyone, too, right. 20 <laughs> years of doing this, too. That's but, true. Um, yeah. So the location is fantastic. It's small. Costa Rica is beautiful. But even EPT uh, had to move from Costa Rica because, unfortunately, Costa Rica is super expensive. Mm-hmm. And... Mm-hmm. Right now, the casinos are all in the city. And when you travel poker destination, you want the glorious beaches. So, right. uh, so the, it's unfeasible. Costa Rica is, has some difficulties for tournament events being a paradise. So it has to be a combination of, of things, you know, beautiful location, well-priced, political stability, gaming community. And all of those aspects make me check the list. Right. So Malta is my favorite location to host events. So that, that's really great. And obviously, you know, we, we know, uh, you know about your industry experience, about your live poker experience, just putting on these events. You know, we, we get that, I think, at this point. But, you know, your love for the game. What about Yvonne, the player? I mean, do you must play a little bit as well. <laughs> yes, I, I do play. And um what are my titles? Let me see. My only hand on mob title is um, LAPT Final Table okay. in Chile. That's, That's pretty solid. Yeah, yeah and I won in in Commerce Casino in LA. I also won a you know a weekly tournament. I love to play. I love to play. Uh, but I'm <laughs> a degenerate. How often do you get the chance to play though? Because you're always well, busy. Now but, that know. I'm mother of three really small boys, uh, it's hard to take the time to play. Right. But last time I played was in Puerto Maso three months ago, and I won the Friday Shark. Hey. And, <laughs> and this Friday, I'm going to play a party poker live event. 
Awesome. That is happening here in Malta. So that's part of the job too, because I go there as a player and I communicate with my core business. Right. With my core audience target. So it's playing is a must and I love it. But I can only play tournaments because I'm a terrible degenerate cash game player. (laughs) So I know my limits. That's very important. I like that. It's also good to to know your strengths as well and and your your weaknesses. I like that. Um, so, So, you know, you mentioned that, you know, your mother you know, realized, hey, this gaming industry is for you. And, and uh, you know, from yeah. what I've known you over the last few years, you've always seemed to have this entrepreneurial streak. You know, you always have these new ideas popping up. You're never afraid to try anything. You know, your mother, I guess, sort of had an inkling about you. Where did this sort of these character traits come from? You know, did you have them as a little girl as well? Yeah, I think I've been uh, raised in a very competitive environment. Uh, my father is, is very interesting. He always pushed pushed that in me, and uh, us being a, you know, my last name is is a good last name. It's, it comes from the president, and one of those presidents that was, he's a, a family member of my Montealegre side, and oh. it was back in the day when the presidents were super rich, and they just did this as, as a responsibility instead of getting rich from being in government, right. <laughs> as opposed to, to that. So I come from this kind of background where there's been very interesting, significant women in, in, in my family tree. So I, I would say that I was raised to, to play with the boys. I, I never had that, that you're a girl, you cannot do that. Even in Costa Rica in the 80s, which I would say still was very conservator, Um, I didn't have that. I had other things, and there are other topics we can address about women in gaming and so on. But I would say I was was brought up in a very equalitarian manner growing up and very competitive. So uh, this whole thing, I I think my mom saw that these budgets and this kind of stuff could allow me to, to really do interesting things. Keep in mind, I don't even only did live poker, but I was marketing director for one of the first online uh, brands. Uh, so I had to do with all the back end, the poker client, the marketing itself. I had the budget to buy a, a Times Square billboard, wow. which we did with Barry Bonds ball, for example, uh, 30th home run ball, things like that. And wow. then Black Friday hit. Ah, okay. So wow. imagine that play, playing arena before Black Friday was a joy for any marketer. Right. Uh, right. So wow. that I loved as, about the game as well, that back office uh, career side of it. Very cool. Well, I mean, you talk about that and you talk about, you know, while you're playing, you're talking to your people and you know everybody in Malta and it's a big gaming hub. You know, I know that when you put the Malta Poker Festival together each year, you know, you've got, got, if, if you see folks, you know, you look online on Facebook and, you know, on Twitter, you see all the Malta Poker Festival. But there's a lot of other logos that we see there as well. There's a lot of partners that you work with to yes. kind of bring these events to fruition. A lot of online satellites running, uh, you know, that help, you know, put butts in seats and, and, and bring players there. That doesn't happen 
you know, all on its own. I'm wondering, you know, with all of those gaming companies out there, how do you choose which are the right partners and right companies for you to work with? Um, well, that's a luxury that I'm going to be completely honest with you and our lovely audience at Cardshed. Right now, live poker is not a priority. So all these gaming companies also, their budgets for a live event, are, you know, have been moved, pushed to 2023. Mm -hmm. uh, people want security, stability. So finding partners after the pandemic has been uh, an interesting challenge. So that's a reason to be even more thankful with the partners I have. Unibet has been amazing. They're powering the event um, and they're doing satellites, qualifiers. I have Cream Poker, which is a new brand. Um, and I have live clubs in Scandinavia hosting events. And it's very grassrooty right now. Right. And you've got the amateur, I, I would right? say the, that amateur, the, pandemic, the amateur poker association and tour. They're also with yes. Yeah. Oh, let me talk about the partners. But I would say sure. that the pandemic backed me up two years. Yeah, the huh. three years. Wow. Completely marketing. So it you know instead of having the the brand where I wanted to have it right now, um, we'll we'll have to. It's, it's been a an exercise of my same patience. So you have to look at other aspects and have a balance. Like, for example, I've been raising my kids sure. and playing live poker and, and doing that. So uh, there's never free time in this household and in this organization. Uh, <laughs> but um, I would say that's it. Let's keep in mind that the, the pandemic is my topic. I don't know. It's 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 been just mind-blowing, the financial uh, hit. Oh. Um, partners, yeah. I'm super thankful with our partners and we've been creating something very interesting in the Malta Poker Festival. The Malta Poker Festival is for any poker brand or brand in general to participate and, and use poker as an engagement tool. As Even casinos buy packages because it's a reward for players to come and play a week of poker in Malta. It's beautiful. It's a holiday. It's a poker holiday that at some point, I think, if you don't like poker, let's change it for scuba diving, you know? <laughs> it's, it's the package, the, the whole environment of people sharing this time together. Mm. Uh, so I have the Hendon Mob, our right. partners of ours, and they launched the first Hendon Mob Championship mm. in our event. I remember and that. Now yeah. it's hugely successful. Now it's a must blogging to the live events. So I like that with my tournaments, I am able to explore new things. Nobody tells me the buying has to be 5.30. I don't have to go to a board to ask. Right. I just come up with this stuff. Actually, I was, I, I would say I was the first person to do the 5.50 with half a million guaranteed in Europe. And now it's become the, the replica. And I wonder... Right. This is so silly. Why don't they do 330, 420? Why are they stuck on the 550? Who dictated <laughs> those rules? Uh, so sometimes I like to bug around a little bit with the vines just for the sake of it. Uh, um, so that is also a very nice playing environment that I've been provided. Right. Um, the possibility to, to be really free to 
to explore the 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 poker scene and and um, I am a firm believer in certain things that I carry in my tournaments. For example, I love result. I love just two re-entries, uh, not unlimited rebuys, right. add-ons, uh, things like that. Those little casino stunts I don't like. Mm-hmm. And those casino stunts actually make the revenue better. So the casino is always pushing to get those add-ons, these, that, lower blind levels, right. you know, to maximize profit. But I believe that having an organizer like myself and other people in between casino player, this creates a perfect pool. And, and Right, because you understand uh, both sides from, from the business side yeah, as well as what yeah. the players are looking for. So I, I get that. Exactly. That's, that's cool. And, and you fight for it. I fight for it. Cool. I fight for longer blind levels still financially. It, hmm. you know, almost makes no sense, but break even plus and so on. It's There's so interesting because players, they, they just show up to a tournament and they say, oh, this is what the structure is going to be. You know, so they just mm-hmm. sort of accept that. But a lot of work and time and effort goes into that printing oh, that piece of paper. Yeah. A lot of work, time and effort. Um, our tournament director, Danilo De Bernardis, uh, EPT season the tournament director one of the best tournament directors in the world for me i love working with him um he and i we we come up with heavy discussions about tournament structures we are so passionate about it that once we had a massive fight because uh, he uh, yeah because i was changing the structures and he was getting hit from the players and Mm -hmm. we were both fighting for our points into what the experience is. So imagine, you know, it's, 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 a, it, it's, there's a lot of thought into this. Sometimes you have to chop. You just have to, <laughs> you have to agree. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so I know I, I've seen you in action during the festival, you know, you're, you're not sleeping at all. You're just everywhere doing everything. And it's incredible to witness you know, and the, the day-to-day that you have during that festival is obviously like the, the peaks of the year. I'm wondering, though, you know, you have the festival, you know, in, in normal times, you know, and hopefully will be again post-pandemic in the spring and in the fall, which is twice a year. What is your day-to-day like when it's not festival season? And sort of when does that routine change and start to, you know, build up steam towards towards each event? Well, I have a second job. I am the CEO of a Latin American casino network. And that is taking a lot from me right now. Uh-huh. So uh, when I'm not planning the festival, I'm talking to Costa Rica, New York, Colombia, eh, and organizing people. I think I think I, I like organizing people to for a common goal. I would say that's one of my favorite things. So I'm doing that with the festival and the and, and the, the network as well. Interesting. Okay. So I had told you before we hit the record button that I had one sort of little surprise question for you, but yeah. I guess you I guess you landed on it because I discovered that. I was like, I, I looked on LinkedIn and I was like, Fiebre, how do you pronounce that? Fiebre, Fiebre de Casino. Fiebre de Casino, de casino. Fever. It's the, Latin, right. it's the Latin America's number one casino guide. And I got to say, it says, you know, you've been there since 
uh, October. So in six months, that's a pretty damn impressive site. It's full of content. It's really slick. Yeah. It's really, really cool. So bravo, you know, after six Thank months, what you've you. accomplished. Um, what, what made you decide to sort of branch out beyond poker, though? Because this is a new thing for you. Yeah, this is a new thing for me, but keep in mind poker is there. There's another one called Fiebre de Poker that we're going to launch. But ah. I had to take a strategic turn and casino is what makes more money. So sure. casino, sports book, and then I'll do my poker thing. Okay. Um, but I'm committed to building brands. I love that. Mm. So if you see the logo of Fiebre de Casino, is the cheap on fire. You know, I made all those things. I, I like that. That's to, really cool. To make something a reality, a brand with its personality. And I love that very creative aspect of my work. Uh, but what made me do the network? Well, amigo, I have three kids. <laughs> <laughs> They're getting very expensive. Yeah, kids need to eat. So, I, have, I have three kids so, as well. And I know it's exactly yeah. what you mean. <laughs> so mom, mommy has to work. And, and I love it. I've been a career woman all my life. And I, I, I don't see it any other way. That's really cool. And I, and I want to sort of harp on that as well. And I remember last time we spoke uh, and, and, you know, of course, you know, you said it again today. I often say that I couldn't do what I do in poker media without the support and backing of my wife, Miriam. And, and I remember you saying very clearly, you know, when we spoke three and a half years ago, I interviewed you there in Malta and you had the most beautiful, sweetest word to say about your mother, uh, Giselle, I remember and, oh, sweet. and and how you couldn't do what you do professionally without her help. And this goes far beyond just her sort of pointing you in the right direction. You know, she's very hands-on. So, so why don't you tell us what that means? Oh, well, my mom is a great role model for me of hard work, of um, good values. But the way that her generation works is insane. I mean, these women, they don't rest. They don't collect the sacrifices. Now as a mother that I know my mother did for us, uh, that's very inspiring. So um, I'm going to cry because I haven't seen my mom for almost three years because Costa Rica is dark red zone. So it's mm. not allowed in Malta. And I even had a baby that she hasn't met. Oh. But I hope that this will get fixed very soon. I am sure that these protocols and everything will be knocked out. But um, yeah, she's very inspiring and a pillar to this house, which is an organization. But now that she's not been here, my partner, he's Swedish, has stepped up and his family has been. It takes a village for sure. And the father of the children as well. Uh, we are a modern family, all working together to provide for these kids and leave that kind of legacy behind. Right. And I remember like you told any me. other parent, like any other mom and dad out there. For sure. And I remember you told me, you know, while you're at the festival, you are 100 percent there, which means, you know, it does take. You know, so who's got who's going to be watching, you know, the, the little kids? It's got to be someone. And then when the festival's over. Oh, welcome back! You know, bienvenidos, mama. You know, like yes, I, I remember. Yes. That. so it's a it's an interesting thing to sort of make that switch, you know, mentally. Like, and I remember also, you know, when I walk back home every time I get back from the airport and that sort of a thing. You know, what what does that feel like to all of a sudden, you know, not be in front of the cameras, in front of all these players, and just you know, back back to the the home role. 
Yeah, it's it's a, it's a very interesting switch. Uh, and I have had to learn as well to have to assimilate that because you can even get depressed after a big event. I've heard yeah. from other organizers between closed doors that you feel, imagine this adrenaline of yeah. not knowing if you're going to lose half a million dollars on the board. <laughs> and then all this adrenaline, everything that can go wrong with human capital, you know, I... I there's all sorts of things happening to our guests and, you know, they're yeah. humans, there's yeah. problems. And so when that adrenaline kicks back and I can relax, it's, I've, I've discovered it very pleasurable. And then I unplug myself and become mom full time. But it's interesting. I live very close from the casino, but okay. I prefer not to come home for the whole week. Right. Right. Wow. And, and I just fun. decide that I'm like somewhere else. So I have to make that mental cut as well that I don't because coming home to be a lousy mom for 15 minutes, mm. I've decided it doesn't it doesn't work. It's better like I, I pretend I'm somewhere else. Sometimes the kids have visited me in the hotel, which I love for breakfast and stuff. Nice. But my phone is always <laughs> ringing and I'm always busy. So it's right. Uh, I've decided with some maturity nowadays to you know, compartmentalize things. Yeah, I remember I've had that as well. Uh, you know, as, as a dad as well, I also I'm I work from home, so I, I know what it's like as well being here on in dad mode. You know, for the kids, and I remember there were times when I was still an employee. Uh, you know, we had uh, a day where I took the day off from work, uh, and you know, I'm supposed to be with the family. We're on a hike somewhere, and you know, work is still calling. You know, oh, we have this project and it, it is sometimes difficult. You, you know, I'm not doing the work well and I'm not being a dad well. So it is important to, to, to compartmentalize like that. And I, I think, uh, like you said, with experience, it seems to be that you're making, uh, you know, the, the, the good choice there to, to do, you know, each one A plus at its own time. Um, we yeah. talked about the, the pandemic um, and you know, there, there's no hiding from it. Now, thankfully, we're emerging from it. You've got the festival coming up, but those were very difficult two years. Uh, you know, not to to rehash any sort of pain. Uh, you know, because I can only imagine what it was. But we all know, you know, it said that whatever doesn't kill us, it makes us stronger. And after you know, sort of hibernating for two years, you're back. You're doing it, and you're still, you know, you've pulled through and, and you've survived through it. You know, it's not just that the festival is back. But Mon, you know, Ivan Monte Alegre is back in a way. You know, you're you're back to right. where you want to be. What were some of the lessons uh, that you took from that sort of forced break uh, that we all had, and and how do you feel that that time off, I guess, for lack of a better word, made you stronger and better? I think uh, gratitude. I think that's my biggest lesson of this pandemic is to be thankful for what we actually have, and. Uh, for everything. So even I am very thankful to have a great life thanks to poker. I am so thankful about that. I'm living the dream. Um, I do what I love as my job. So uh, that's something that we take for granted. It can be taken away from us any second. Work can be taken away from us like this. Our means, our resources, our homes. Um, so, yeah, be thankful for that and uh, try to give my customers and players the best experience and just trying to step back and enjoy it a little bit more. 
That's what I want to do. It's going to be hard, but this festival, I actually want to sit down with people and, you know, um, get acquainted with those friends that are coming. Cat games. That's where you're going to do them. <laughs> Cat games. <laughs> Um, you talked about uh, the government of Malta being very savvy uh, as far as understanding, hey, there's, you know, this gaming industry, there's something to it. We need to work with them. And, you know, one exceptionally unique thing that, you know, about the Malta Poker Festival that I've never encountered, you know, anywhere else, I'm not aware of it happening anywhere else in the world. You, you personally literally work together with your country's government when you plan your events, in particular, the, the Malta Tourism Authority gets involved, oh, which yes. is amazing. You know, what made you think to do that to approach, you know, here I am organizing a poker tournament. Let's go knock on the door, you know, of City Hall of the government and, and get them involved. And, you know, what, what was their reaction when you first knocked on their door of, hey, you know, this lady wants to wants us to be involved in helping uh, promote yeah. a poker tournament? This is so beautiful about Malta. It's such a small country. I went to the office of the Minister of Economy okay. in Valletta, the capital, and they gave me an appointment, let's say, three months from now. So Monday eggs at 10 a.m., you will show up there. And, you know, I had that appointment and I actually went there with a business plan, everything. And the Minister of Economy told me, I cannot get involved, but I can recommend you to do this, this, and this. And he did. Chris Cardona really gave me a path into what I should do, the steps. And there are a lot of programs that people are not aware of, uh, that the government is not, there's nobody applying. I mean, there's startups, the funds from the EU, and in this case, I use a program from the Malta Tourism Authority to bring journalists to cover this event. And they are fantastic. They allocate them in great hotels. They take care of the bookings. It's a great, great sponsorship to promote Malta. And it's also because I'm doing the tournament when it's low season in Malta. In summer, nobody really needs a thousand two hundred poker players. Right, <laughs> you know, there, there's a lot of tourists anyway. Right. But the poker community, twice a year in Saint Julian's and Porto Maso Casino and Hilton, make that area buzz. So restaurants, hotels, a lot of things that I am not even aware of. From time to time, I'll meet someone, and they're like, "Oh, I'm Jamie. I'm my dad." said that thanks to you, the restaurant one night made so much money, you know, things like that. I was so happy wow. to hear that, of course. Wow. Uh, so I believe that the government has been wise enough to, to see this yeah. and see this impact that we create with these poker tournaments and give the support as much as they can and okay. in an unbiased way as well. So they are strict. They ask for a, it's a whole business plan. It's like a thesis. I have to write uh, to them about all the steps we're doing, risk assessment, what the goals of the marketing plan are, how are oh. we going to promote the island, what hashtags we're going to use. Wow. It's a big, wow. big marketing plan. It's yeah. like the when the Olympics, when you when, when a city submits a bid, there's like this huge uh, book. Exactly. <laughs> to do. Exactly. Wow. <clears throat> That's unbelievable to, to hear that. And detail. I diligently yeah. do it for every event and they keep approving it. 
Unbelievable. That's great. And also like, you know, for, for folks to get the size, you know, the, the idea, you know, maybe it's difficult if you live like in a New York metropolis or something, you know, Malta is not a big place. How many, how many people live on the island? Half a million. Half a million. So yeah. So when you have, you know, a few thousand people coming, you know, that, that, is, that really does make a very significant impact. You feel it. You feel it. Yes. Wow. It's beautiful to see the supermarket busing. You see all the poker players and it's, it's very nice. To see. That's very cool. Well, you know, so, so poker events, you know, they, it's not like, you know, in, inventing the wheel, they've been going on for decades, you know, and when media folks, when you report on events, you report on tournaments, you know, things can get repetitive. Okay, person wins poker tournament, the bubble's gonna burst, all that thing. But you've built some interesting and, and unique quirks to make the Malta Poker Festival different. You know, can you tell us a little bit about some of the stuff that you've uh, innovated uh, there that, that you know, you well, don't really for see? for example, one, one example could be the bubble, the bubble of the main event. I love to get the bubble players and try to find nine, sometimes we, we manage to. And we build a table and play a mammoth hand for a package somewhere. Oh, or, okay. So yeah. players are like, it's so exciting because we grab them from bursting, you know, from busting. Right. Uh, and then they are into to something else, something new, play right now, pa, 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 pa. so we excite them and there's one winner. Oh. Uh, with a nice package to go to Cyprus or any of our out of the partners. blue, like they literally they're going to out of the out. blue, out of the blue. Yeah. Cool. Also, during the final table, I love to make it super ceremonial. Yeah. Uh, mm -hmm. So when we take the players, I have a funny story. Sure. The winner of last Malta Poker Festival, we were taking it so seriously, and I had these huge bouncers from Puerto Maso <laughs> escorting us. In the lift, he was almost about to cry. He had just won a quarter of a million dollars. Wow. Uh, and uh, I was being more ceremonial than usual. How do you feel, mister? And he was almost crying. He said, is this for real? Oh, is yeah. the money for real? Are you going to pay me? It was so funny. Yeah. We told you, oh, we're just joking. Yeah. Uh, of course, <laughs> we're going to pay you right away. But um, just making that experience unique for the person yeah, for sure. and making that moment like i get so happy when i hand that check it's so much fun because it's a life-changing amount yeah, 250k for the first price you can buy an apartment you can start a business your life can really pivot a Absolutely. little bit with that so Absolutely. um and all day in the monies as well. I mean, it doesn't have to be the top price, but that's just an example. Right. But all day in the monies, um, are, it's there's a significant amount of money being generated uh, on the price pools and all day in the monies as well uh, have a joyous story to tell about Malta. Yeah. So we try to make that story amazing. So, you, so we have some surprises for this year, but I'm not going to tell them. No to, problem. <laughs> no problem. But one thing that's that's not a surprise, that's almost like, you know, the A plus standard of what you do. You know, you can't, you know, you need fuel in a car. A car doesn't go on its own. And poker players, as much as they enjoy playing, 
You know, they, they need fuel. It's said that, you know, the way to a poker player's heart or any person's heart goes through their stomach. And that's something you take very seriously. Uh, you know, it's not just, yes. oh, here's a bag of potato chips. You know, you personally supervise the food and, you know, people who go to your events, there is a lot of food. So, so why don't you tell us what goes into that? Yeah, food is super important. And we have great products here in Malta. It's Mediterranean cuisine. It's delicious. And the sim the simplest, the best. I mean, I love to have pizza, a pasta bar, but when you see the tomatoes we have here, it's just it's something else. <laughs> so I want to share that. It's part of the experience from the food mm. you eat to the places you go at night. Um, we're gonna do a taco night during this event. Oh, nice. Uh, in one of the restaurants nearby. And I love this place. Imagine me recommending a taco place. <laughs> it has to be good. I mean, so it's really good. So I, I can't wait to be sharing some of those tacos with the players and cool. listening to their stories. It's always uh it's always a, a ball for me. Oh, that's wonderful. Um, so I, you know, we you did touch upon it lightly about um, you know ladies' events and, and, you know, promoting women in the oh, game. Yeah. I know that's something you're super, it, it's super important to you. And, you know, you're a woman, obviously I get that, but how did the idea of promoting women in poker specifically become something that you wanted to champion that cause? You know, obviously I know there's a ladies' event at every one of your festivals. Uh, you've got mm -hmm. uh, Maureen Blochlinger also teaming up with you to, to help promote that. But what, what, why did that become important to you? Um, as my experience as a player, hmm. there is this controversial uh, part of the of the ladies' event. Okay, is if poker is a leveling field where we don't have to have physique or whatever, it's purely intellectual, so women and men have equal chances at the poker table. Why do you have to segregate the male portion? Well, amigos. Because we live in a patriarchalistic, machista, chauvinistic society. So the kind of shit we have to put up in the street, we have to put up in the poker table. Yeah. So I am super um, devoted to giving women that springboard to raise their confidence to play the bigger events. Mm -hmm. That's why I do them. Because I believe... If it's hard, you know, you walk into the casino and there's no women. A lot of times it's just you. So all the eyes are on you. I don't consider myself an insecure person, but if I'm not an insecure person and it affects me, the banter, sometimes it affects me. Um, I can imagine other women that are uh, shyer or have yeah. other personality traits. It's impossibilitated. It, it might mean that you just don't do it. You know, it's very scary, very uh, threatening. Right. So I love to host the events as a springboard mm -hmm. for women to gain confidence and be in a safe environment. And they're lovely. I Women that are against ladies' events, I've, I've converted some. Because once they go <laughs> to the event, they have so much fun. Right. It's a nice little female banter. It's our own little space. So it's it's really nice. I, I remember my friend was with me there three and a half years ago, and he was walking around with me in just the main room where the you know the big events, and then you had a, a secondary room there where it was the women's event going on, and he said it's like night and day. Not that you know people weren't necessarily having fun in the in the bigger room, but 
like it was taken up five or six notches when he saw all the yes. women playing together. What do yes. you do that can, I mean, it's cool to see a women, a room full of women playing poker. It's always cool. You know, like at the world series, you know, the ladies event, that sort of thing. But, you know, you, you add in some extras there, you know, be, you know, to, to, to help bring the women there too. Yes. Um, we give them champagne. Oh, nice. <laughs> Delicious pinkish champagne is one of the secrets. No, it's the, the community. We have mm -hmm. this year, I have Maureen Blotzlinger uh, as our host, and she's doing a terrific job. Maureen is one of the best sources of poker news in the world. Yeah. Just herself, her media, and I admire her a lot. She's very informed, very um, objective reporting about the actual relevant news yeah. and curating a little bit the content that we get from her, which is great nowadays in this oversaturation of trash we live in. <laughs> so, <laughs> so it's great to have her on board. And every year I choose one special lady to join me um, as also part of me being into this sorority. Uh -huh. I want to share that limelight with someone. And, and I think that's part of, of what the female community needs to be doing. If you mm -hmm. see nowadays female groups, ladies only groups are exclusive of each other. The whatever group excludes the other group. It's like, dudes, you missed the point completely. Mm -hmm. But that's another topic. But during my <laughs> event, it's great sorority. Great to travel with a bunch of lady friends. It's great, super fun. And, and also you get take advantage of the poker rates. We have a Hilton, so you can find your five-star holiday at a very discounted price. It's on the site on their package section. Nice, nice. Well, I, I have just one more question before we get into the Cards Chat community questions for you. You know, we've spoken a few years ago at length. We've spoken today at length and, you know, what I love also, like, you know, as, as per my introduction, you know, you really are, and, and people who, you know, you, you've heard it all the, you know, until now, such energy, such enthusiasm in what you do. And, you know, we talked about your entrepreneurship and how when there's something that you want to do, you go out and do it. I'm wondering, you know, over the next few years, you know, you know, you said the pandemic was a setback, but you are looking towards the future. Where do you see that future for yourself, for the live events that you're running in Malta? Do you have sort of bucket list things that you still oh, uh, yeah. want to do? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. I want to make a festival, in a poker festival. I have the Malta Poker Festival, but I want to make at least two more in two of my favorite locations in the world. I will keep them to myself okay. for now. <laughs> but um, yes, I want to expand the, the brand to other mm. latitudes for sure and bring this community, this vibe more global. Cool. I love it. Okay. Well, stay tuned, folks. You know, never, yes. never, never count Yvonne out. She will, she will find a way. Um, all right. USA. Everyone, this I love USA. I do too. There are some. <laughs> I want to make a super nice tournament in New Orleans. 
Okay. Wow. Well, you heard it here first, folks. Okay. That look yeah. look out for that one. I like that. All right. Well, this is now the the segment of the show. We turn to you guys, our cards chat community, to see what questions you wanted to ask our guests. Uh, of course, we have a dedicated thread on the cards chat forums for this. So as we announce who our future guests will be, please be sure to send your question in questions in for them. Uh, our first couple questions come from Propane Goat. Thank you so much for sending these questions. Um, it's interesting, on, on the industry side of things, uh, Propane Goat wants to know, Yvonne, where do you see online poker headed in the next 10 years as far as the market, as far as legislation? Uh, do you think that it may, what is it, right here? Do you think that online poker will eventually just be grinders and no amateurs playing at all? Where, where, what, do you, what does your crystal ball tell you? Um, well, uh, it's a, it's an interesting topic and there's not really a, a black or white, but I believe that the USA is making some super interesting progress to a mainstream uh, poker, online poker. That's my wish, that poker becomes mainstream, everybody can play or these restricted jurisdictions and stuff, I mean, it's it's a hobby. If you put your markers into what your limits are, uh, there shouldn't be a problem. There's right. always problematic players, but there's got to be entities that, uh, like game care, that treat mm -hmm. that kind of ludopathic behavior that is outside of the norm and not what online operators want, actually. If you ask any online operator, they don't want the trouble players. You want a nice environment. I don't believe the sharks will swallow uh, all the recreational players at all. If you do things right as a brand, the ecology can be kept. And I see the big brands doing a lot of great things. And that's one thing that I believe with the setback of the pandemic and a lot of problems with the legislations and, and things happening right now, um, only the big ones will survive. So I, I see five brands thriving like crazy and then perhaps a couple of new players in terms of technology as well. Uh, I would love to see virtual poker. I don't know why we're not doing that every Friday night. Moms like me need it. Kids in bed. Why, you know, travel to the casino when you can uh, <laughs> On the be, VR, VR yeah. your tournament. <laughs> At cool. least for day one A, day one A oh, of, of a tournament. And then you, especially with now COVID and sicknesses like that, we have to avoid a little bit the gatherings. We have to distance sure. the tables. So why not do a little bit of more hybrid online hmm. live? Uh, I, I see that as the total future, uh, uh, packed online day one A's, for example. Mm -hmm. And, and as, as the field reduces, and collapses, uh, so does the service into a live event. So For you sure. can be more exquisite and focus on quality versus quantity. Uh, that's take. an interesting. That's an interesting topic. Uh, uh, but I do see online thriving. However, look how interesting in the male population between thirty and fifty years old, we already have all the accounts we can in the world. It's not going to grow anymore. It has peaked. It's flatlined. Saturated. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saturated completely. Yeah. So it's actually the female population that can make the sport grow. Mm -hmm. Cool. So that's one of an interesting 
twist. I mean, marketing needs to be better towards women. I'm not going to bash one of the big brands right now, but what they're doing, you know, hiring this misogynistic uh, ambassador is, is really bad for the brand. I, I don't know what, what if, if women is the growing spear of the, of the online part, then why would you weaponize against your target audience? So it's important to speak your mind with your experience. So, you know, I'm happy you didn't hold back there. So it's it's important to hear that because, um, you know, frankly, all the brands, they're listening. And, you know, at the end of the day, they want to do what is best for their customers. So that, that's what yeah. it's about. Now, um, in this day and age, 2022, you can't have racism. You can't have misogynia. You, you just cannot have those things. Sure. Anti-Semitism is yep. not allowed anymore. It yep. should be banned completely so i i hope that brands give opportunities to people that have good core values um and that's important for the poker industry if they don't start spearing into those kind of role models we're gonna miss out a few years into that mainstream inception because we need good ambassadors not that there are not there's amazing ambassadors shout out to all of them Kara uh, Scott, Daniel Negreanu, you know, these committed people to name a few, you know, uh, there's a huge list of amazing yes. people in our industry. Yeah. But uh, we, need, we need to be vigilant into what, as an industry, we want to project and, and because that perception is going to help us become mainstream or not. I like that. Great, great experience to take there. Um, thank you, Propane Goat, for that excellent question. Uh, Pirate Glenn. Beautiful question. Great question. Pirate Glenn uh, has a couple questions. Clearly, they did some real good research on you because I, I didn't know this stuff. So uh, I, well, I don't know where you found it. Good questions here. Um, Pirate Glenn writes as follows. Uh, Yvonne, I can see that Michelle Obama is someone that you admire, and I share that admiration. Have you had the chance to read A Promised Land by Barack Obama and also, and more notably, Becoming by Michelle Obama? Oh, my God, Glenn, how do you know that? I'm, I don't that's know. a very deep search. Yes, I am a, I'm a, an admirer of Michelle Obama completely. I mean, Obama was a great president and the, his, the, the Obama's core values are great, but Michelle is fascinating for me. You know, that that image of the woman that nurtures the political career of this man. You know, it's it's and no, Glenn, I haven't read either of those books. But guess what? I'm going to order them. And as soon as the Malta Poker Festival finishes, I'm going to go on them back to back. And another detail. Thank you for that. Another detailed question also from Pirate Glenn. Okay. Do you like any other Martin Scorsese films aside from Casino? Oh, my God. Casino is my absolute favorite movie. And I even have a bracelet that Sharon Stone herself used. Oh, wow. Uh, That's cool. Yeah, it got, it got auctioned and someone close to my heart bought it for me. Uh, so that's how much I love that movie. Martin Scorsese movie, yeah, there's so many. Uh, all of them, all of them, all of them are great. Your I, style. I can't, I can't put them in in my style total. Cool. Uh, okay. Yeah, I think there's there's an interesting 
uh, genre he created, and he's the father of these mob uh, movies, and mm -hmm. the dialogues are great. And yep. I mean, I, I'm not opposed to violence, but violence in movies is quite <laughs> re releasing yeah. uh, to see. I don't like to see it in real life, but in movies, I, I enjoy good myself stuff. with a good gangster movie. Good stuff. Um, but of course, Goodfellas. Okay. I mean, that would be number two. That's that would be number list. two, and we can keep going. But yeah, okay. Goodfellas. Is, is, <laughs> but nothing like Casino. I mean, just Casino has this kind of uh, visual. I also, I also just uh, rewatched it recently, a couple months ago. And yeah, it's it, it stands the test of time. It's a fun movie to watch. That's for yes. sure. Um, yes. Yes. Chica Bonita, and you know you know what that means. <laughs> oh yeah, and thank you for that. Chica Bonita is the name of one of our wonderful forum members. Oh. I always ask some good questions here, um, and you and you know I like this because you had mentioned you know Malta has also like um, awards that are given. It's not like the Wild West of, of Costa Rica. Uh, Chica Bonita writes, uh, Yvonne, you have been nominated for an iGaming Idol Award for your outstanding contribution to the industry. Was I won that, it. Yeah, exactly. So, and, and then and then you won. So that's the question. So, how did it feel first to be nominated? Did you expect something like that? And then, of course, the win. How did you feel when that happened? Actually, that was a very exciting point in my life. Uh, I had just lost a brand I created, and this is when the Malta Poker Festival was born. But before the Malta Poker Festival, I get nominated for this award. Oh, interesting. And then okay. I won it. And then this was like the validation I needed. Mm -hmm. I'm like, yeah, you know, you connect all these people in Malta that are doing business because of your entrepreneurial networking. Mm -hmm. Go for it. No fear. Go for it. Stay where you belong. Stay loyal to your casino and just build something new. And I did. So the, that award came as a great, validation moment in my career and it was a very sweet moment very very sweet because i, I was a at a very very low in my life mm -hmm. uh, i had lost the partner of my children uh, the tournament it was a year of loss mm -hmm. everything was lost hmm. except the children thank god right and uh, so everything was lost uh, my career seemed lost and then comes this award and I get the energy, the validation from my peers and the support, the latent support of the industry. And I'm like, yeah, go for it. Let's do it. It's a setback. Come on. It sounds stand like. Stand up again, muchachos. Exactly. It sounds like a chip in a chair. You know, that's all you need. You know, that's <laughs> you can exactly, come back to win. I am a big admirer of chip in a chair uh, success stories. Cool. Because got, it's like life. It's, it's one of those things that poker teaches you. Yeah. You know, if you can succeed and beat a field of 400 players with one chip at some point, you're invincible. I like that. I like that. And, think, and honestly, you know, he, hearing that is one thing, but hearing that from someone who, quite frankly, experienced it, you know, in a different way, maybe not in a tournament, but in life, uh, it certainly means a lot more. It's, it's pretty cool to hear that. Um, we've got one more from uh, Chica Bonita. I love that question, by the way. That was Chica Bonita. That was a super nice question. Thanks cool. for that. And uh, brought me got, good memories, and I'm goosebumpy. That's good. That's good. And there's one more from Chica Bonita. Wants to know how do you spend your holidays and your weekends and vacations? What do you do? 
oh, I love to be outdoors. That's my thing. I love the beach. That's why I live in Malta too. So whenever I get a chance, I just want to be in the beach. Nice. And, and That's I my thing. With the beautiful kids, beaches with in the Malta. Kids, yes, beautiful beaches in Malta. With the kids here as well, swimming. We love swimming. And uh, it's, it's a lot of fun with three little boys uh, awaiting for their lives to begin. So sweet. How old are they now, if I can ask? Six, of course. Six, four, and one and a half. Special ages, special. And, and you don't yes. get a lot of sleep, but it's worth it. <laughs> That's right. No. That's right. <laughs> no, my, my kids are 14, 12, and nine. So the, those ages are a memory, but, uh, you know, very, very special ages. And they go by very quickly. So that's for sure. Yeah. Um, three more people asking questions. Uh, Acid Burn FX. Thank you for submitting these. Uh, interest. I like the creativity always. Acid Burn FX. Uh, Yvonne, if you had a personal flag what would be on it and why? A personal flag, what would be on it? Sort of like a, a logo for yourself, something that says, you know, this is Yvonne's flag or something like that. What would be on it and, and why? What uh -huh. represents you? I would say the Bob Marley, uh, get up, stand up. <laughs> that would be my <laughs> get up, stand up with the Costa Rican sloth bear. Uh -huh. Which also means that you have to take things peacefully and easy. Very cool. But I get like up, that. stand up. I like that because it's true. It, nice. I mean, okay. we cannot prevent failure and we cannot prevent uh, bad things happening from us, but it's how we stand up from those challenges what defines us. Okay, cool. And uh, also Acid Burn FX wants to know, uh, with regard to the Malta Poker Festival, is there a specific thing or aspect that you would say you spend the most time thinking about and working on? Yes, tournament structures. Oh, really? Okay, wow. Yeah, wow. Good. absolutely. Yeah. And we definitely covered that, that ground as well. Um, yeah, and they're on the site published as well. Okay. So That's players can even study right now. Yeah. Right. Right. Very cool. Um, Belladonna05, thank you very much for submitting these. Um, I really like this a lot as well. Um, and, and, you know, it it, um, it takes, uh, how would I say, it, it, it sort of syncs up with everything that you were talking about. Love for poker, advocacy for women. Uh, Belladonna05 wants to know, Yvonne, I have a very competitive daughter who also majored and is working in psychology, she plays in a fun weekly game, a $10 buy-in at her friend's house, but she doesn't even know if two pair beats a straight. How can I get her to take poker more seriously? Mm, well, spend time with her and go yourself and play with her. Uh, go to a casino, buy her into a tournament. It's time we spend with our kids, that's for sure. It doesn't matter what we tell them. But it's the time we spend with them actually doing things. So I would recommend that you treat your beautiful daughter to a nice tournament. Perhaps a travel weekend would be something, a bonding experience. And find a tournament that is not a heartbreaker, like 100 euro, 100 dollars. And get in both and have a great time. Wow. And print the hand rankings. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe in the car you can, you can do a little... Uh, Singing, sing along. 
I love that. It's such a fantastic answer. Folks, I would also even say if there's a little part of this podcast that you replay, replay that last couple of minutes. That's a fantastic answer. And, you know, it really resonates with me personally as well. I like it a lot. Um, okay. And we've got one more from Crystals. Thank you very much, Crystals, for sending this uh, in. Uh, and we'll end off with this, Yvonne. What is the biggest obstacle that poker in any form needs to overcome over the next few years? The gender bias and the gender mistreatment of women. I think that's like one of the major things to, to get it mainstream, you know? That's, mm -hmm. that's the way we communicate and the, the values behind the poker industry. I, need, I think that needs to be reevaluated a bit. And um, we're a little bit scattered. There's no federations, unlike other sports, that obviously make more money as well. But I think poker does quite well for, for a niche um, skill game like that. Um, yeah. But yeah, I think the way we, the, the core values behind the industry need to be seriously uh, thought through by brands and ambassadors all over the world so that we can communicate the, the right message. Well, I do hope that if and when that, you know, that central federation comes together, there's someone like uh, Yvonne on, you know, who has a seat at the table because you clearly oh, thank have you. so much experience, uh, you know, and, and, and wisdom uh, to offer to, to guide this game in the right direction. Um, I want to thank everyone who sent in questions to Yvonne Montealegre. And of course, another friendly reminder to everyone out there in the Cards Chat community, we would love to see you submit your questions for our future podcast guests in the dedicated thread on the forums. Guys, if you like the show, please be sure to give us a good review on iTunes and spread the word about it via your social media channels. Yvonne, uh, before we let you go, is there anything else you'd like to tell the Cards Chat audience? Um, I know it's a big stretch from the US or other countries, and but I hope you get the chance to experience the Malta Poker Festival yourselves at some point. We have spring, we have autumn, and we, we're here to stay. Cool. I love it. And uh, a little a little teaser, folks. Uh, if you do happen to come this time, you know, at the end of April, you'll see me because I'll be there and you'll get to meet Yvonne in person. Uh, so that's a really exciting thing. Uh, Yvonne, thank you again very much for taking the time to join me. I've really enjoyed this conversation. Um, guys, thank you for listening to another episode of the Cards Chat Podcast. I'm Robbie Straczynski. You can follow me on Twitter at Card Player Life. I wish you all a wonderful day. Cards Chat, the friendliest poker podcast in town from the world's number one poker community.